Ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is the Everything Podcast. You are on the right podcast. Do not be afraid. Do not be scared. You are currently listening to the glorious voice of Chris Cornell, who passed away on May 18th, 2017. You know, out of all the musical talents that have passed away recently in the past year or two years, this one for me is uh, a big deal. But... I'll get into that a little later. Right now, I want to introduce myself. If you have never heard this podcast before, my name is Lou from the VX, a.k.a. Dominican Lou, a.k.a. Louis Balboa, a.k.a. your favorite podcaster, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. (laughs) And I'm here today, again, in glorious Delray Beach on May 23rd of 2017, and, uh... Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for logging on. Thank you for clicking and downloading. I would be remiss if I did not mention off the bat, off jump, uh, Manchester. Uh, This podcast would just like to send prayers and thoughts and um, just whatever positive energy we can send over to Manchester United. Uh, They... Yesterday there was a terrorist bombing, which we now know was a terrorist bombing, at uh, the Manchester Center. If I'm, excuse me if I'm mistaken. I don't really have notes on this. This is just off the cuff. Um, last night I was having dinner with the wife, and this came on TV. So a uh, special report came on, and you know, and, and nowadays when a special report comes on TV, your ass better pay attention. Um, but. There was a, apparently a, a concert of some sort, um, Ariande Ariande Grande concert. There were a lot of kids, you know, a lot of younger people and older people with their kids, and uh, some piece of shit scumbag fuck uh, decided to have a bomb. I don't know if it was a suicide bomber or if somebody planted something there, but 22 people died. There were hundreds of people injured because people started freaking out and stampeding, and um, and it's just an all-around tragedy. And uh, I just wanted to, uh, just off the, off the top, just uh, send my warmest, uh, my love and my thoughts and prayers out to those people who were hurt, to those people who lost family members, just trying to enjoy something wholesome. Uh, and in this world that we live in, you got to be careful you got to have your head on a swivel because you never know what's gonna happen and when it's gonna happen and 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 and, and where it may happen it's just, it's just the world that we live in now uh you can't live afraid no one's telling you to live afraid but definitely mind your surroundings at all times and just know where you are and just know who's around you that's, that's really all you can do is just be careful um in any event this is the everything podcast 
This is episode 18 of the Everything Podcast. The title of this episode is Grunge is Dead. And uh, we're just going to go through some quick hits. And um, first thing I want to talk about actually is we just had... If any of you wrestling fans out there, and I'll just make this very brief because I know there's not many of you. Um, well, there are a lot, but I don't know how many listen to this podcast. I think a few do because my, again, I know I've said this before, but that WrestleMania episode that I did is one of my most downloaded podcasts. So somebody out there likes wrestling besides me. Um, this weekend we had NXT TakeOver Chicago, which is a pay-per-view event that's on the WWE app. Uh, if you're not familiar with NXT, NXT is like the... I want to say the minor leagues of WWE, but nine times out of ten, what they do, aside from maybe WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, is uh, better than anything that the major shows are putting on. Like, this pay-per-view was top to bottom uh, much better than uh, WWE Payback, which was on Sunday night. Uh, NXT TakeOver was on Saturday night, and... um, it was just a, a, a great, you want to really enjoy, someone, if you really enjoy the art of wrestling, like actual wrestling, this isn't the best, obviously, you could watch Ring of Honor or, or go watch, go download some Japanese, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you want to see, you know, constant arm bars and cross arm bars and dives and whatever it is, you know, if you want to watch all that, there's plenty of space out there for you kind of people but nxt is uh a great mixture of actual hard stiff technical wrestling storytelling and characters all combined uh i think at least um again if you're not familiar with it it's basically run by triple h former wrestler i guess he's a part-timer now because he still once in a while comes into the ring and does some stuff uh that's basically his baby and he gets in de- independent talent from all over, brings them into NXT to try to get them ready to see if they're going to be good enough to be on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. And uh, right now, we have basically the whole company is uh, all the main talent that's popular, aside from maybe Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, uh, The Miz. Uh, aside from people like that, all the talent right now, if you turn on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, you're seeing NXT talent. Callisto, Apollo Crews, uh, anybody from 205 Live, any of the Cruiserweights, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, The Shield, any of these people that you see right now that are popular, that are holding belts, that are doing anything, have come from NXT. So it's, it's a big deal. And uh, they just had a great pay-per-view. I'm not going to go top to bottom and go match by match. I could, but this is not a wrestling podcast. This is the Everything Podcast, though, so we do talk and touch on everything. But uh standout match on there was a Tyler Bate match. That that There was a, a match for the European Heavyweight Championship. I, excuse me if I said that wrong, because, I, again, I don't have notes. We don't do that here. Um that match was a standout match. It was match of the year to a lot of people. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic match. I thought the women's three-way match was... I was hoping for a little more, but... Um, you know, the result was Asuka winning. 
She's been undefeated for about a year and a half. She still has the women's championship, and uh, I'm a big fan of Asuka. I think she's going to be fantastic when she finally gets promoted to the main roster. But I didn't think the match was that great. Ruby Riot and uh, what was the name of the other chick that's in that match? Uh, Nikki Cross. They both seem to still have a lot of work to do before they can... I knew neither one of them were going to win that match because Ruby Riot is not ready, uh, in my opinion. I'm not I'm not a wrestler, but she just doesn't... She's not quite there yet to... to to be the one to beat Asuka for the belt. I think that's Ember Moon's job. Ember Moon is another woman's wrestler. She's currently injured. Um, and Nikki Cross is... Her character's cool, but I don't think she has the... Uh, it factor yet. She may get it. I don't know. But uh, right now, I don't think she's ready. I don't think... Uh, I think the match, the ending of the match was fine. Uh, well, Asuka... <laughs> pin both of them at the same time which is kind of like a you both are trash and i'm the shit which is just crazy that, that that happened um the main event bobby Roode, hideo itami great match a lot of ring psychology they were both selling uh injuries um and again these are quick hits i just i thought that match was great that match seems to not be the favorites among the the people the fans the forum troll dwellers on WrestleZone, who uh, constantly shit on everything. Um, I thought the match was great. Um, I really don't care what anybody else thinks. It was entertaining. And uh, Hideo Itami obviously wasn't going to beat Bobby Roode. They're obviously saving that for Drew Galloway. And um, the last match of the night, actually, that wasn't the last match. They kind of threw a swerve in there. The last match of the night was a tag team ladder match between the Authors of Pain and DIY. And... It was a great match, and it kind of seemed like uh, this was kind of a goodbye. Well, this is this is the thing that happens on NXT when somebody's really popular on NXT, and you know, obviously with the internet and everything, you kind of know when people are going to have their last match. Um, they usually have the championship, and they uh, they have one last match against a rival that they've been going at it with for a few weeks and they have a fantastic long match and they drop the belt and then they move on to either SmackDown or Raw and then that next person who has the belt becomes the next person in line. That's usually how it works. Or sometimes a team or maybe someone who has been attempting to take the championship will have one final match and it's a long drawn out fantastic back and forth match and they end up losing the champion leaves the ring and that person stays there in the ring selling their injuries until the crowd decides to start yay cheering their name and thank you shinsuke i'm using shinsuke nakamura as an example because that just happened with him um they do a long goodbye to the person and then they walk out and they do their you know little poses and shit like that and that's how they leave the company so since this match came on last, it kind of seemed like DIY was going to have one of those. This was their last chance to go up against Authors of Pain, take the belts from them. So you kind of figured, since this is coming on last, number one, they're not going to win. Number two, this is their last match in NXT. So you watch this thing, and they have a tremendous back-and-forth spotty match. Uh, broken tables everywhere, ladders, 
people falling all over the place. And uh, you had a great finish where the actually DIY jumped up on the ladders. And I don't even know how the hell they managed this, but they ended up holding onto the, they had the belts attached, you know, in a ladder match, they have the belts attached on top of the ring on a freaking rope or whatever. And both of these freaking guys were holding onto the, <laughs> the rope. Why not just grab the belt? But they're holding onto the freaking rope. The ladders are ripped off beneath their feet, so they're just hanging there. And then the Authors of Pain grabbed each of them. They do this move where they kind of pick them up in the power bomb position, slap them together, and then slap them onto the ground. So they boom, they did that, boom, they did the thing, they pin the one, two, three, da 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 pin, and then, then, then that's it, and then the cheering, and the taking the bells, and they leave. And then the crowd starts doing the, you know, thank you DIY, please don't go, all the chanting shit that they like to do. Which, uh, side note, the fucking chanting needs to stop. Not everybody deserves it. Not every match is awesome. Yo, people start doing the This Is Awesome chant 30 seconds into a match. How the fuck is this match already awesome 30 seconds into the match? It's like people like to try to take the show over. and Shit's annoying. Um, but anyway, I need to wrap this up because I'm talking about this way longer than I wanted to. So DIY goes. They do their little. They soak it all in. They walk up the ramp. They're arm-in-arm with each other, and they're saying, wow, they're talking to each other. You can't really hear what they're saying, but it's kind of like they're doing their little goodbye. They're pointing at the crowd. And then uh, the little logo pops up in the corner where it's like the end of the show, you know? The little logo, NXT, copyright, 2017, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Tommaso Ciampa, who's one of the members of DIY, grabs his partner by the hair, throws him into the wall, the whole crowd is like, what the fuck? And they do a heel turn. Which, if you're unfamiliar what a heel turn is, is when, let's say, two partners are together for a while. One of them decides to Shawn Michael the other one. Which, if you don't know what that means, Shawn Michaels, many years ago, had a tag team partner named Marty Jannetty. And he turned on him. And went a sing- as a singles wrestler, arguably became one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh... So when you do that to your partner and become a bad guy, that that's a heel turn because bad guys are known as heels and good guys are known as faces. And again, I'm giving you way too much information that I don't need to. So we had a heel turn, which was very shocking. Uh, the way they did that was pretty cool. And uh, I don't think those two are ever going to leave NXT because <laughs> now they're going to feud with each other and it's going to go back and forth. And I, I just have no idea. How that's going to go, because neither one of them are ever going to be NXT champion. So, I just, I'm not sure how that feud is going to turn out. I don't know if they're going to feud and then go to another, go to Raw or SmackDown. I don't know what's going to be, but that was basically the end of the show. And uh, it was just a phenomenal show. And then on Sunday, we had Payback, and it was just not that good. They started off with Shinsuke versus Dolph Ziggler, and it, that, that match shouldn't have gone first. Uh, in my opinion, I just, I, it was an okay match. It was not any, like, unlike anything you haven't seen on TV already. Um, I don't know. It kind of seems like when these guys who are in NXT and they do these amazing matches, they get promoted to SmackDown or Raw, they just kind of like neutered or hamstrung and they don't really get to do what they do. And it's shitty because guys like Sami Zayn, who I'm not a big fan of, but he's very talented. He's just kind of like the he's kind of like the guy you throw out there when you need somebody to, 
Like, if you have a guy that you want to push to the top and you need somebody who the crowd really likes but is definitely not going to beat this guy, you throw Sami Zayn out there. He's basically jobber to the stars. Um, A jobber is someone who constantly goes out there and loses to make the other person look good. Um, But anyway, the... uh, the main thing that happened on this pay-per-view was Jinder Mahal, who is a dude who used to be in WWE a long time ago and was very skinny, and just all of a sudden came back, like, it feels like two weeks ago he came back, and he's now shredded as fuck, uh, definitely toting the steroidal line, because this guy is huge, and there's no way working out gets you that big but that's my opinion so allegedly he's taking performance enhancers allegedly i don't know for sure of course but uh he's back now he won the belt he's indian apparently they want to push the indian market so that's why they're doing this and i'm going to end this now because nobody cares um the President of the United States, a.k.a. Cheeto Yeezus, was in Saudi Arabia and then Israel. And hopefully he just doesn't get us blown the fuck up. And with that being said, nobody cares about this topic, so we are going to move on. Mayweather McGregor. That shit might actually happen. Conor McGregor signed on the dotted line... He signed a contract. I don't know how much for how much money he signed for. I'm sure it's in the millions. He signed a contract that's out there um, to fight Floyd Money Mayweather. The man who does not know what magnitude means. But has lots and lots of dollars. So it doesn't matter. Um, so now, McGregor, who if you don't know is a UFC fighter, UFC champion. Overall badass. Um... He has agreed to fight in a boxing match, not in a cage match, against Mayweather. And now the ball's in Mayweather's court. I don't think he's responded. I don't think he's really had anything to say. Um, I'm going to look up my Twitter real quick. Mayweather. Give me one second, my friends. Floyd Mayweather pulling up his Twitter. Um, so that fight is very close to happening. And I'm looking through his feed, and he has not written anything about fighting this man or wanting to fight this man. Nope, nope, nope. Cinco de Mayo, nope, that's it. He, apparently, he doesn't tweet that much. Um, so, it's up to Mayweather. I'm not sure if he's responded yet, because I haven't cared that much to look. I just want to know if they're going to fight or not. I'm not going to sit here and pussyfoot around and try to follow both of these guys and see who's going to fight who when. All I know is that McGregor's ready, and he's posting videos of himself training, saying, balls in your court, Mayweather. Um, and if I can just say, Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather is undefeated. I think he's like 62-0. This guy is arguably one of, if not the greatest boxer of all time. With that being said, if this fight happens, Conor McGregor is going to knock Mayweather the fuck out. I don't know much about boxing. I know it is the sweet science. I know it's not the same as UFC. 
But Conor McGregor can fucking hit and get hit. And I just I I, I don't I've never known someone from MMA UFC to go into boxing. But I just Mayweather with all the running and ducking and and and, and tap dancing that he does in the ring. I don't think that's going to translate. I don't think that's going to work against McGregor. Once McGregor hits him one time, it's going to be a fucking wrap. Like, I'm sure Mayweather hits really hard, but, bro, Conor McGregor is a fucking beast. And that guy, if he hits Mayweather one time anywhere around the head, it's going to be a fucking wrap. Like, I... I will pay to see that fight. I'm going to pay to see it. Uh, or maybe I'll go somewhere to see it. But I'm going to watch that shit live as it happens. Because that's going to be a fucking event. That's going to be one of the highest rated pay-per-views ever. And mostly because people want to see Floyd get knocked out. Um, that's my opinion. I used to be heavy into UFC in like 04, 05 the 2000s we used to watch every single UFC pay-per-view me and my friends and we followed all these guys you know Tito Ortiz and Shamrock and that was back in their heyday we used to watch um and then I fell off but I'd still you know it I just I don't see how Mayweather can beat McGregor, and that's taking nothing away from Mayweather. Mayweather is great. I'm not taking anything away from his pedigree, but I just don't see how that dude can beat McGregor. I just, I just don't. But I, that's it for the quick hits. That's really what's going on right now. I really don't want to get into anything else. Um, this is the Everything Podcast, my people. We'll be right back. Podcast is Lou from the PX. Um, I, you know, <laughs> it seems like I'm always talking about the mix. I really should do a mix podcast, because uh, that would be hilarious. But I just, you know, they give you so much in fuckery that you just can't, like, they just won't go away. 
they're like that rash that you got back there, lower back. Sort of scratch it if you twist your body and put stuff on it, put lotion on it, and it just doesn't go away. You scratch it and it feels good, and you know you're not supposed to scratch it, but you do it anyway. So, last time, or I, I would, as I like to say, previously on the Knicks, um, we ended up getting the number eight draft pick because, well, not because, because it's all random, but. You know, we ended up winning like six games that we shouldn't have won there at the end of the season, and that kind of hurt our chances a little bit. Who knows? We could have ended up with 10, we could have ended up further down, or we could have moved up a little bit. We were projected to get number seven, we get number eight. So now we're looking at this French kid, point guard, uh, Frank Natilakina. If I have, if I said his name incorrectly, I apologize. Um, point guard from France another foreign player um, I want a point guard I really don't know much about this kid like I, I, I don't know anything about this kid um, so you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter as long as Phil is in charge it doesn't matter who we get this team for the next two years is just gonna be a mindfuck shit show that's all it's gonna be there's no, there's no hope. There's no hope for this team. As long as Phil's there, there's no hope. Um, Phil decided not to bring back um, the players' coach John Long, Josh Longstaff, who used to. He used to. Uh, I think he was like running development for the Knicks, uh, player development or whatever it is. Either way, Porzingis loved this guy. Um, he used to work with Oklahoma City. Uh, I guess that's where he met Derek Fisher, and Derek Fisher brought him over as one of his, you know, coaching staff when he came over. And the Knicks decided not to bring him back. That's Porzingis' favorite dude on the coaching staff. You decide not to bring that guy back, but you bring back everybody else. So the thing is with this is that the last time I talked about the Knicks, I didn't mention. I did mention that Porzingis did not go to the exit interviews. He decided to skip the exit interviews. Then shortly after he decided to skip the exit interviews, he said, I'm going to play summer basketball in Latvia. I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm going to do it. Now, obviously, if he would have sat down with Phil and said, listen, I want to play Latvian ball in the summer, Phil would have said, no, the fuck you're not. Because you can easily get hurt over there. And... He decided to do whatever he wants, not attend the meeting, and go to Latvia and play ball over there. So, that happened. And then, we go into the draft mode. They don't attempt to make any moves. And now we're picking up this point guard, supposedly, who's going to be force-fed the triangle that nobody wants to play. And, uh, I really don't know. I, I, I just, it's, there's, it's like, there were rumors that they were trying to trade up. I was hoping that maybe they would package Melo to Boston, try to get the number one pick because Boston ended up with the number one pick. Uh, maybe they could package Melo and the number eight pick to Boston 
maybe somehow, some way, they would agree to give us the number one pick. Maybe we could get Lonzo Ball because I want Lonzo Ball. That kid is extremely talented. The only problem with him is that his father is fucking retarded. I hate to use that word. I apologize. I didn't. I really didn't want to use that word. Um, you know, we're not really censored here on the Everything Podcast, but that's not. That's a sensitive word, and I really don't like using it anymore. So this guy, a, a better said, is he's just dumb, for lack of a better word. He talks and he doesn't think about what he says, and uh, I mean that's all I know about him is that. That's how his personality is, and that's how he comes off. I've I've heard him on Stephen A. Smith show. The guy's very opinionated. He thinks his son is the greatest basketball player in the world. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, or yada yada yada. The guy hasn't played one minute in the NBA. Um, recently, his father, uh, Lavar Ball, was on Colin Cowherd's program, and on that show, Colin Cowherd. It's a, it's his show, and he has a co-host, which she's not really named as a co-host. She just kind of sits back there in the background because it's all about Colin Cowherd. Uh, the herd, as people like to call him. Uh, her name is Christine Leahy, and she likes to... Not that she likes to, but they kind of have her there, but not really there. And she made comments on an earlier episode of that show regarding LeVar Ball... And his kids, because he has a few other sons that he's raised. And apparently all of them are, I don't know if, all, I think all of them are playing ball. I'm not sure. But they're all extremely talented. Never gotten any trouble. Smart kids. Good grades. Uh, and talented. So, she made some kind of comments that I had not heard. So, LeVar Ball heard these comments that he didn't care for. And he came on this show afterwards. He was speaking to Colin, and then as soon as Christine Leahy went to ask him something, he immediately dismissed her and said, stay in your lane, and totally dismissed her, didn't want to hear anything she had to say, and told her, yo, I'm not here to speak to you, I'm here to speak to him, I don't have anything to say to you, and when I first saw the clip, because I didn't watch the show, I heard about it afterwards, and I saw the clip, when I first saw it, I was like, yo, what the fuck is this dude's problem? Like you can't, you you can't speak to people this way, much less you know a a a woman in 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 on TV. First of all, you don't do that. Secondly, you're gonna get completely shit on for this. Um, it's not a good look at all. So he totally dismissed her, told her stay in her lane. Uh, it was kind of ugly, and then. You know, it was an uncomfortable thing to watch. Uh, I mean, it's great TV, great radio, but a little uncomfortable to watch. And uh, he totally dismisses her. And then he says, at one point, he says to her, uh, when you say the things you say, uh, something may come to you towards that end. I understand what he meant by that. He meant karma-ish, but then she goes, are you threatening me? Like, And that started a whole other thing. So, when I first watched that, I was like, yo, this dude is completely out of line. Like, what the fuck is going on in this dude's head? Why would you do that? 
And then I heard the comments that she made on a previous episode of the show that she's on, where she basically was insinuating, more or less, that Lonzo uh, Lavar Ball's kids seem to be uh, obedient to their father, almost to the point of being afraid and scared of their father. Now, uh, anybody who really knows me knows that my dad... Uh, I haven't seen him in quite some time. He passed a uh, uh, many years ago, and I hadn't seen him oof, since I was maybe 14. Um, so not having father figure in my life, I kind of tend to pay attention to things like this a little more. Um, I just tend to gravitate towards these things. that They interest me. And I, I you know... Once I heard what she said, not that I'm on LeVar Ball's side, but I understand why he said what he said to her. And to be honest with you, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, It was kind of cool to see, um, after getting the whole story, it was kind of cool to see dude basically stand up for himself. Like, yo... How are you going to say some shit like that? That I'm that what are you trying to insinuate that I'm a bad father? That my kids are scared of me? Why would my kids be scared of me? He didn't go all out and say that. He basically dismissed her. Uh, but he sh- what would have been good if he would have challenged her on what she said on the show live there so that she can actually respond because it kind of he kind of made himself look really bad to people who don't know the whole story. And uh, I mean, it was a great, great clip. If you got a chance to look that up. That's a freaking great clip to watch. Uh, very awkward, very uncomfortable thing to watch. But um, I, I really would love to have this kid on the Knicks. And I would love to see the spectacle of his dad trying to get along with Phil and Steve Mills. And for that matter, James Dolan. Uh, that would just, I mean, if it's going to be a shit show, we might as well go 100% with the shit show. So. Thus, my thoughts on the Knicks and their freaking draft position and all that comes with it. But uh, let's switch it up a little bit. I recently watched two fantastic movies that I've been wanting to watch for a while. And uh, I'll start off with um, Logan, which is one of the two movies that I saw. Finally got to see Logan. I stayed away from all spoilers all this time. I pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered it on Voodoo. Um, shout out to Voodoo. And uh, I finally got to sit down and watch this thing. I actually watched it by myself because my wife had zero interest in watching this movie. And uh, I have to say that Fox absolutely hit a home run with this movie. It's uh, f- it's fantastic. Um. Uh, if anybody's unfamiliar with the 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 plot point of Logan, uh, it's basically loosely based on the old man Logan storyline from the very loosely based on the old man Logan storyline from the comic books. Uh, it's in the future, after all the X Men adventures and all that. Logan is very old. He's very sick and dying. Um, he's a driver out in. Actually, I'm not exactly sure where he was. I think somewhere out in Texas. Um, He's a driver for people. That's how he makes his money. 
tries to keep it on the low. He's uh, drinking like a fish, super, super alcoholico. Um, he's got a nagging cough. He's got the shakes in his hand. Uh, he looks like crap. And uh, he's living on a sort of empty desert, like an oil, I want to say kind of like a, not like a farm because there's no farm life because it's in the middle of the desert. Uh, it's kind of like a old abandoned factory they're living in. And he's there with Professor X and Caliban. And they're basically taking care of Professor X who... They don't say exactly what he has, but he seems to have like a form of ALS or Alzheimer's. And he's kind of losing his mind on top of the fact that he's probably the most powerful mutant on Earth. And his mind is his... His, his powers are based on him using his mind and he has ALS. Uh, it's not a good combination. So they kind of... They're sedating him with drugs and keeping him docile. Uh, but he's getting worse and Wolverine's getting worse and he's trying to buy save up money to buy a boat so that they can just go out on the ocean and along comes this woman she's been trying to find Logan because she needs help and he doesn't do that anymore and uh, this woman has a little girl with her named Laura and that's where the movie starts to pick up um, I don't want to give away too much, but the performances in this movie were fucking phenomenal. Patrick Stewart killed it in this movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman was fantastic in this movie. The girl, the female actor who played Laura Kinney in this movie was awesome. Everybody did a fucking great job in this movie. The James Mangold did a fantastic job directing this movie. Um... I just, it, you know, Fox usually, they go a little overboard, a little overboard, they go way overboard with, like, cameo appearances and shit and effects and just explosions, and they, they, they really, they really manage to take the X-Men movies and just turn them into a fucking shit show, but this movie was very toned down, uh, it was long, it's like two and a half hours long, uh, didn't bother me in any way shape or form and uh i just it was really great because because you know this is going to be hugh jackman's last performance as wolverine or his last wolverine movie supposedly he may pop up in an x-men movie or something like that but um this is basically the last wolverine movie and i'm so glad that they actually made a really fucking good wolverine movie rated r bloody as shit absolutely not for kids uh gory violent um and the story was great i i just they didn't pull any punches in this movie literally none uh they did it all and uh it was great to see um i was really really happy with 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 the with my purchase because i was I avoided all spoilers. All I know is that people were raving about it. And, you know, I'm not one to listen to reviews. I love movies that people hate. And I hate movies that people love. Uh, so, you know, it, it it all depends on my mood and whatever, whatever. But this movie was fantastic. I got no complaints. Uh, it's definitely, if you like comic book movies, if you're into that shit, definitely check this movie out. If you haven't seen it already, because it was 
fantastic. Uh, I can't say enough about it. The second movie I want to talk about is a movie that I was very interested in from the start. When I first heard about it, when I first saw the trailer, it was very intriguing to me. And then I kind of just left it alone because I knew I wasn't going to be able to see it anytime soon. Um, I avoided, again, everything about this movie. Spoilers. I didn't know anything going in. Um, watched it. Uh, was the day before yesterday with my wife. We both enjoyed the shit out of this movie. This is a movie called Get Out. Um, this movie, um, directed by Jordan Peele from Key and Peele, is a... How would I describe this movie? Uh, it is a... Wow. A thriller. A black comedy slash thriller slash horror movie um psychological thriller yo this movie is fucking I have not and and I posted it on social media this was the most original thought provoking entertaining movie that 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 I've seen in years. Now I just talked about Logan, and that movie was fantastic. But that's a superhero movie, and there've been other Logan movies, and you know there's plenty of other comic book movies out there. Um, and it was fantastic, but this movie, there, it was just a standalone movie that, uh. Jordan Peele created out of his mind and it was (laughs) so good like it was it was I I, man like I don't want to hype it up because it's got a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes but this movie so fucking good it did the performances in this movie, the twists in the movie, um, the storyline. Once you figure out what's going on, you're like, <laughs> it just this movie blew me away. It's one of my favorite movies right now. It's like one of my favorite movies I've ever seen, and I want to watch it again, but I want to like give it a little time, think about it a little more, and then maybe watch it again. Um, it was funny. It was shocking. It was uh, captivating. I think it's a very important movie. Uh, you know, it's just it was really great. And I'm gonna try to on this show try to avoid uh, any kind of spoilers because spoilers suck, and I know it's hard enough for me to try to avoid them on previous shows before I might have gone into spoilers. Um, This is why I pause myself a lot, because I kind of want to make sure I don't blurt anything out for anyone who might not have seen it. Um, Because, again, I'm sitting here by myself, so I don't really need to have a back and forth with the laptop screen about this movie. I just tell you how much I enjoyed it, if I recommend it or not. It was great. Um, Get Out. If you don't know what it's about, um, it's about an interracial couple who are going up to meet um, the girlfriend's parents. The girlfriend's white, the boyfriend's black. And 
seem to be two people very much in love and they're going up to meet uh, the girl's parents for the first time. The parents have no idea that he's black. Uh, she says it doesn't matter. He's a little skeptical. They go up there to meet and right off the bat, things are a little odd and then they just get really fucking strange. <laughs> and that's about all the plot I need to give you for this movie because it just, you should really watch it and experience it for yourself. It's a fantastic movie. Um, all props out to Jordan Peele. Um, I hear the next movie he's working on is, uh, it's a movie, it's loosely, the loose plot of it is how the Jim Crow law is, uh, I think it's something like how if the Jim Crow laws were applied in today's times or something of that. I know it has something to do with Jim Crow in the present day. So I'm looking forward to his next movie. I really hope it's it's good because he'll be on to something if, if it is. Uh, I'm glad that this movie is successful. I'm glad it's critically acclaimed. I'm glad he made a lot of money off of it because it just it's a fucking great movie. And um yeah, go see that shit. Just go see it. Um, winding up everything here on the Everything Podcast episode eighteen. Uh, I just wanna—I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Uh, Chris Cornell was the leader of many bands. Um, I in the 90s was introduced to him through a band called Soundgarden um Chris Cornell's voice is a very distinctive voice he could hit notes that I I've never to this day I haven't heard anyone hit these kind of like notes he when he sings or when he would sing it, it sounded like if you could hear the pain in dudes like you could hear, you could like feel the the pain that dude was feeling in his voice. Um, I didn't really know much about his personal life. Um, he's been married for uh, over ten years with his wife. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's what I read. Uh, I really, honestly, you know, I know he was in Soundgarden. He was in this band called Audio Slave. Uh, he had solo albums. Also, he recorded. He had projects that he did. Um, muddy i think he was in a like excuse me he was in like a kind of like a project band with allison chains they muddy muddy garden or something like that i don't remember what it was called uh i thought i had it here and down somewhere alice mud garden yes because this is this i did have to write down um he was also in temple of the dog which was like a studio a studio album that was made for because of the death of another Seattle singer. Um, there's so much like I'd like to say about Chris Cornell and how he. I love Soundgarden, and I know it's kind of cliched to talk about somebody once they die. And oh, they was my favorite singer. I'm not gonna sit here and say it was my favorite singer, but I, I have, you know, when I listen to my Spotify, I have. The shuffle, uh, the shuffle feature on my Spotify, and I just have a bunch of songs. I got playlists that I like. I got a rap playlist. I got a metal playlist, a freestyle playlist, and I have just my songs playlist. 
let me try to I'm gonna go to songs and I'm just gonna press shuffle I'm gonna try five times and I'm gonna see if a Soundgarden song pops up because I have a lot of Soundgarden on this fucking playlist so let me turn up the volume real quick let me that's Tony Touch uh, that's the Wallflowers System of a Down <laughs> Method Man Method Man again let me try one more time Shaheen no okay so it didn't pop up so the experiment failed hey there was a Spotify Russian roulette but, you know, Soundgarden is one of those bands that has endured past the 90s. You know, we lost Kurt Cobain. We lost Lane Stanley from Alice in Chains. Uh, we lost uh, Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots, who was like one of my favorite bands. And now we have Chris Cornell, who apparently committed suicide um, on tour with Soundgarden. Um, they Soundgarden was together for... Like, I think it was like over 10 years. And then they put out that Down on the Upside album, which is my favorite album by them. Uh, and then they broke up. And then he did a solo album, I believe. And then he did Audio Slave. I think he did two Audio Slave albums. And then uh, I think they got back together, Soundgarden did. And they put a new album out, which to be quite honest with you, I haven't paid attention to that new album. I guess I should now. Uh fucking sucks but um you know he paved the way for the whole grunge movement the guy was a phenomenal guitar player a incredible singer he had this like scream that he could just go from melodic to like screaming in the same breath and it was just incredible to me as uh as somebody who doesn't really play instruments and is a glorified uh <laughs> solo in the house quiet karaoke singer uh i just he as a person who's into rock and punk and all that like that's the kind of voice that you wish you could have that's like it's uh such a distinctive sound and uh great songs fantastic songs over the years that now will you know live forever and it's just sad that uh you know it's just sad that somebody has to go through so much shit in their life and they feel like that's the way they have they have that's the only way they feel like they can get out it's just it sucks um soundgarden chris cornell Audio slave. The, you know the the music lives on. Unfortunately, the person does not. Um, and it's a tragedy, bro. It sucks. It, it just really sucks. It seems like it's weird, man. I'm I'm 39 years old. I'm about to be 40 next year, and and like all these, like life is just running up on you. You you all these people from your youth are like dying and all these things that you knew when you were younger are like obsolete it's just it's nuts you just kind of feel yourself being pushed into the wayside and all all the shit that you liked is like gone and all these new shits out and you just like it's just here it just all of a sudden it's here because all your heroes are passing away and like all the shit that you all this new shit is just in your face you just don't know it's crazy, man. Um, 
it's really nuts but uh anyway I don't want to get too morose here but uh R.I.P. Chris Cornell uh prayers out to his family and hopefully they can find solace in 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 some way you know losing their 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 loved one can imagine it's just something you just not easy to deal with but um unfortunately it's part of life and it's just you wish the best for these people who go through these things but ladies and gentlemen we've come to the end of episode 18 of the everything podcast this is a little uh shorty episode um just want to give a shout out to everybody uh all the tep heads out there who are downloading this podcast thank you so much you always know i'm heavy on social media everything podcast instagram page everything podcast the e-podcast show on twitter uh you can follow me if you'd like lou from the bx on twitter and the facebook page the everything podcast page the get off my dick page is we're, we're out there um just gonna finish it off with one more song by mr cornell and peace and love to all of you out there one